Good Friday evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Final Prep. I'm your host, Wabi, from the Vikings Entertainment Network, coming to you from the TCO Performance Center in Egan. After a busy and good week of Vikings prep for this week's opponent, the Philadelphia Eagles, the game will be at U.S. Bank Stadium at noon. You can hear the boom from Voice of the Vikings' Paul Allen, analysis from Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, and Ben Lieber, who will be on the sidelines right here on FM 100.3, the fan and the Vikings radio network. Again, kickoff is at noon. The pregame show is hosted by Mike Musman. That begins at 10 a.m. The game between two NFC teams, both coming off of wins. The Eagles, in fact, have won two games in a row. The Vikings won last week in New York. So these two teams coming off of wins, both with playoff aspirations on their mind for the 2019 season. And both teams love beating one another. These two teams have played in each of the last four seasons. The most recent game, a Vikings victory at Lincoln Financial Field, 23-21 to over the Eagles in a game that featured a Linval Joseph touchdown. The game before that, well, that's the one that most people remember. That was the NFC title game at Lincoln Financial Field, a game the Eagles won, which sent them to Minnesota for Super Bowl 52, which they also won as they defeated the New England Patriots. So these two teams, they know each other quite well. These two fan bases, well, they like beating each other as well. So it's going to be a fun game on Sunday. Now we have a ton to get to in tonight's show. That's going to include hearing from former Viking safety Robert Griffith, on current Viking safety, Harrison Smith. You're also going to hear from Afadi Odenabo as he talks about getting his first regular season quarterback sack last week, plus much more. But we're going to start off the show the way we always start off Vikings final prep, and that's by hearing from the boss, the head ball coach, Mike Zimmer. Here's what he had to say as he met with reporters for the final time before Sunday's game. Go out and play with the, the same intensity and effort that we we always do. So, questions? Um, Dakota Dozier was seemingly kind of up and down in the Chicago game. What does he need to do to play better, step up uh, this Sunday? I don't know if you evaluate. Did you evaluate him or what? Well, that's why I said seemingly. Oh. So, mm-hmm. did you think he played well against Chicago? Yeah, he plays good. Okay. Both of these defensive lines have been together for a while. How important is chemistry? Like, what does that do for defensive linemen to play together for a long period of time? I think the biggest thing is, <clears throat> the two biggest things is, number one, it helps when they're running games because they've, they've been working it together for so long. But the other thing is, you know, they can communicate way better. They see certain splits. They see guys sitting back. They see guys leaning forward. And splits cut down. And so uh, those things, and they're able to communicate it during the game sort of gotten a snapshot of this offense each of the last four years when you've played Philadelphia. How do you think it's evolved under Doug Peterson? It's it's hard for me to think back four years. Um, You know, they're very similar to to how they have been um, really the last three years. Um, You know, they got the RPOs, they got the the zone bellies, the, uh, the shots down the field. Um, you know, Wentz is a great player, and so I think he's added a lot to him. The things they do, the way he can scramble and move, and uh, got a lot of no back formations. So um, it's it's similar to a lot of things. And, you know, they always they they always add a few things like uh, like everybody does. When you're playing a defensive line that has the chemistry that this one does, what's the key to neutralizing that? 
from the offensive line perspective? Well, this team is a team that is going to come and attack you defensively. They're not going to sit back and catch. And so we, we are going to have to come off the ball with authority in order to uh, neutralize that. Uh, offseason of 2018, Rick was talking to us just about using the Philly model of like defensive line rotation as something, just kind of keeping that in mind that that was kind of the goal. Do you feel like you're kind of at that level with this defensive line in the depth? Yeah, I, I don't know what Rick was talking about, but I, you know, we always try to um, to rotate guys the best we can. But you know, when the game's on the line or they get down in scoring position, the, the good guys are going to be in there all the time. Not an injury report. Do you expect him to be weakened at all or be 100% on uh, Sunday? He'll be fine. Earlier in the week, it was the Minnesota Vikings podcast, which we record on Tuesdays and it drops on Wednesdays. The guest this week was defensive lineman Afadi Adenabo, who had his first regular season sack last week on Daniel Jones at MetLife Stadium. We talked to Afadi about a bunch of things, but the best part was him talking about his celebration. I know there's more that goes into the game than for defensive linemen than getting quarterback sacks, but that's the thing that shows up in the box score. That's, that's very and true. And you all celebrate him when you get him. So exactly. I, don't, I don't feel bad about bringing it up. You it got your first one in the regular season. Congrats. So How'd awesome. it feel? Uh, it felt great. Um, so, um, so every play I go in, I'm expecting to get a sack. And um, this one finally panned out, um, especially this is my first year on the active roster. So I was like, all right, baby, I did the hard part. I made <laughs> yeah. the active roster. Yeah. Now let me get that sack. So I had a couple. I was pretty close in, in a Green Bay game. So what we did in that Giants game was we had a five-man front. And um, usually when, when you have a five-man front, the this, this tackle, the center, the guard all have to count for one person because mm-hmm. we had Anthony Barr on the, on the edge. So – Centers rarely have one on one. They they they're usually helping people. Mm-hmm. So I liked my chances. So um, when the ball when the ball was snapped, I was like, all right, the center's usually going against bigger guys like Limbo or Shamar. I'm a quicker speed guy, so let me just use my speed and. It ended up working out well, and I ended up getting my first sack. So, you know, you're listed as a DN, and that's yeah. your primary position, but the way you're explaining it, and as we saw, you got that sack lined up in the middle of the yeah. defensive line. So, And we've seen the team do that with other DNs. I mean, yeah. Weatherly will go inside, and I think there were times when they did that with uh, with D. Yeah. They slid him inside. What? How do you feel about being inside there? Do you like it occasionally? Do you like it all the time? So what's kind of nice about playing inside is that nobody expects you to get a sack. So yeah. everyone's like, oh, the edge rusher. So it's like oh, yeah. all the stress is on them. Yeah. But then when you're when you're inside rushing, you sneak a snack. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's why we put you there. And there was one edge rusher on your own team who you were like, you're like, this is my sack, yeah, not yeah, yours. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, so uh, so when I got that sack, I was like, oh, I got in. Then I saw Daniil for, for my peripheral. I was like, no, yeah. no, I can't split this sack, Daniil. So I remember, I remember, I remember uh, trying to turn the – Turn Daniel Jones to my side yeah. and make sure I celebrate <laughs> immediately to let yeah. everyone know. So yeah, because you don't want like your first career sack. You don't want it to be a half sack. sack. No, no, because <laughs> then it's like I don't have a, a yeah. sack. Yeah. I have a half one. They're like, hey, congrats to Fadi on the on that on that half. You sacked yeah. half the man. Yeah, and then and then you know then we're in the friends and family area after the game, and you got to explain to your friends and family. Congrats on your sack. It was actually half sack. Yeah, yeah. So we're glad that it turned out that way. Exactly. Now for the games. You know, I'm in the radio booth, so I'm trying to figure out how many yard loss was that sack. So yeah. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at the replay. Did you celebrate? I didn't see if you celebrated. Oh, oh yeah, I have a celebration. So okay. all right, so let me let me tell Ta- you. The take origin. us through yeah. that. Take us through. So so my celebration is um, uh, I'm an 
unsheathe the sword. So, uh, <laughs> so, so usually, so when I get a sack, I I make sure like I pretend there's a sword. I'm holding a sword like in my mm-hmm. holster, right? Like <laughs> we'll go with holster. Yeah. 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 So well, pu- well, isn't it a sheath? Sheath, sheath. Yeah. There you so, go. Right. So, so I'm doing that. Pull the sword out. Yeah. Then I put into the ground. Like, yeah, like kind of Excalibur. Okay. Hell All right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. like sort of like Baker Mayfield at Ohio State, like yeah, with kinda, the flag kinda, into kinda, the. Kinda, but, but I did it before. I did it way before. Okay, you did it's it his, before Baker. Big, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, because he might have trademarked for me. That, well, that o- <laughs> I mean, the Oklahoma quarterback going to the going to midfield at Ohio State and putting yeah. the flag in the ground. Yeah, yeah. that's a big deal yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, but you're saying you did that before he did. So, so, right. so, so I've been pulling this sword out since 2014. So you were doing it just outside of Chicago. Chicago yeah, and Northwestern. Yeah, exactly. Another youngster who had a good game for the Vikings on Sunday against the Giants was wide receiver Ola B.C. Johnson. He joined quarterback Kirk Cousins on Under Center, the quarterback's weekly podcast, which is also hosted by Mark Rosen. Here's the youngster, B.C. Johnson. Or was there a, a pro day at all at Colorado State, or was it combi- yeah, combine kind of there, your, your ticket? So there was the pro day, but I, like going back to the combine, like I – if I didn't have the best routes, I had the top five best routes in that combine. And I told the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver coach, I was like, I, if I didn't have the best routes, it was close enough. Um, you know, I may not be the fastest guy. I ran a four five one, I think. Um, and then all the other tests, you know, I think they're there. But you, you, you're an athlete. You're, you're there for a reason. They already know you can do most of those tests. So mm-hmm. they want to see how you do route running, I think, at the end of the day, too. Well, when the Vikings drafted you, um, I got a text from that Arizona receiver coach because he was my college teammate. Really? So Peter Bedovinak, who's the assistant receivers coach for the Cardinals, yeah, uh, was a backup quarterback when I was at Michigan State. <laughs> and he's about a year or two younger than me. Okay. And so he's gotten into coaching after he graduated from Michigan State and found his way now to the NFL. And yeah. he texted me immediately after you were drafted and said, <laughs> We wanted Ola B.C. Johnson so badly <laughs> late awesome. in the draft, yeah. and we thought we were going to get him, yeah. and you guys got him. He said, he said you're going to like him when he gets there. And so I kind of had my antennas up when you showed up, mm-hmm. knowing that my buddy had spoken really that's, highly of you. And uh, Okay, more Vikings final prep to come after the break, but first, the Minnesota Vikings and Sleep Number have teamed up to recognize five community captains. Each year, the community captain is awarded to outstanding high school student-athletes around the state of Minnesota who demonstrate strong leadership on and off the field. Nominate today at vikings.com slash community captain. More Vikings final prep coming up after this break. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Vikings final prep. I'm your host, Wabi. At TCO Studios in Egan. Got more show to get to, but first, nominate your school now to be named the Minnesota Football Community of the Year, presented by Innovative Office Solutions. The program will honor the winning community of the year with a town takeover and a check for a cool $10,000. Nominate your community now at vikings.com slash community of the year. Also, get ready for kickoff all season long with the Vikings blend at Caribou Coffee. 10% of all proceeds go back to University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital. Purchase in store today or at caribou coffee.com. 
pretty cool guest this week on Skull Stories, which airs every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. The guest this week who joined yours truly and Mark Rosen was former Viking safety Robert Griffith, who does not play in the NFL anymore, but he keeps a close eye on the action, and he likes what he sees from Viking safety Harrison Smith. I was roaming your old position right now, a guy named Harrison Smith. I'm sure you've watched him play a lot of football. Uh, old school guy. Uh, what do you when you look at uh, look at uh, Harrison? What do you think about uh, in terms of how you relate to him? I, I think he's an excellent player. Um, you know, he's a six two guy, and um, yeah, six two people go okay. It's, uh, I think he's actually a larger safety, you know, on the larger side, uh, especially during my era, uh, mm-hmm. for guys to be able to move like that, blitz like that, tackle like that. Um, but I think what gets under noticed is his ball skills. He's a great defender, um, and uh, I like that about him because everybody sees him as just a wily guy that's making plays all over the place. But when you start looking at those interceptions, you know, he's pulling down three, four, or five a year. And uh, that's good for a starter. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a long career. I think he's one of the best safeties to put on purple. Um, and, uh, you know, just wishing him, uh, you know, continued health and success. But uh, I do like him. Um, I really like him off the field, too. He's he's uh, understated. Um, uh, I'm a little bit more old school. You let your play do your talking. And uh, he's one of those guys. And um, he's just... Uh, Solid, and uh, I think the Vikings got a really good, uh, not only team leader, but a defensive captain that can really play, make some plays, and uh, take them to the Super Bowl. Hey, if you missed goal stories this week, there was that. Plus, Robert Griffith also talked about one of his former teammates, Randy Moss, his perceptions and his notes from Moss early in his career and the impact Randy Moss had on the NFL throughout his career. A very interesting conversation with Robert Griffith. I encourage you to go to KFAN.com or Vikings.com or wherever you like to find your podcast to download that and take a listen. Next thing up, the winning formula. The Vikings have been searching for that all week long. And, well, yours truly, Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen and Ron Johnson from Vikings Game Day Live. We took a stab at our own winning formula, talked about a lot of things in this matchup. It's part of Vikings game plan from earlier in the week. Take a listen. It's Vikings game plan and the winning formula with Wabi, the Vikings insider from Vikings.com, and Ron Johnson from Fox 9's Vikings Game Day Live. Now, with Philadelphia and that at times ferocious pass rush, you do not want to become verklempt. So you have to handle it, and there's a lot to handle. Ron, we begin with you. Best roots of attack against this pass rush. Yeah, short game. So if you look at last week versus week two versus the Packers, he only had three or four passes under five yards that were not called. They were scrambles, and he dumped it off. Last week, nine pass of eight yards or less. They were all called short game passes, and that allows the Eagles, or that would not allow the Eagles defense to get to them. And then you go deep. And I think it's the same recipe you have to do this week that you did last week. Good idea. I think the key is to just not panic. I mean, this this Eagles defense had 10 sacks last week against the Jets, so that could make you fret and worry about becoming verklempt. But let's remember, they only had three sacks in their first four games. So it's not like we're dealing with a crew who's coming in here getting a bunch of quarterback pressures every single game. Kirk Cousins needs to calm down, identify the defense and the coverage, 
Maybe Jim Schwartz isn't coming, maybe he is with the blitz, but as long as Cousins can identify it and know where to go with the ball and get it out on time, we're going to be fine. Off that highlight package we just saw, Luke Falk not only is verklempt, he was verklipped, and he undoubtedly was in pain on Sunday morning. That was ugly. Now, the Vikings offense made the New York Giants defense look ugly. Question from the winning formula trio. The Vikings offense off that Bears game, then the Giants game, it's back, right? Right? I'm a little verklempt. I got to wait and see. Like, I, I can't just jump on it just yet. What? Week, week one, run game, pass game, kind of. Week two, pass game struggle, one deep ball to, to Stefan Diggs. Week three, oh, great. Okay, he's kind of coming back. Back. Week four, eh. And then week five, yeah, there we go. So, I don't know if we're going to see this Packers offense because this is another defensive line like the Packers that can give them trouble. Yeah. And so I hope that the offensive coordinator takes a ton from what he did last week and, and applies it into this week. And yes, the Giants defensive line is nowhere near what they're going to face this week. Yeah. But you have to utilize the same type of passing game to get Kirk Cousins. And that's the key. Get Kirk Cousins going. I'm a little more optimistic and on the side of I think they got back on track last week against the Giants. And the reason why, Ron, I think maybe I would subscribe to your theory if we had picked on the Giants secondary with like 50 passing attempts. But they, they went back to their bread and butter with Dalvin Cook in the running game. I mean, Dalvin had over 200 yards of offense on his own. He had more yards of offense than the Giants had. Dude. So because the Vikings went back to Old Faithful, Dalvin Cook, I feel like they got back on track to what they do well. They didn't go out of body and pick on something that wasn't in good form, the Giants secondary. They did what they do well, so I'm optimistic about it. Well, I, I'm going to copyright one of Wabi's all-time favorite acts, LL Cool J, regarding the <laughs> Vikings offense. So I'm going to say, don't call it a comeback because it was never gone. I didn't know what song he was going to say. The Vikings <laughs> this year have, when it comes to 15-yard runs and 20-yard pass plays, you put those together, they have the second most in mm -hmm. the NFL behind the Kansas City Chiefs. So, hey, one game does not a season make. Now, this may be the test of the year for the Vikings defensive line going against maybe the best offensive line in the National Football League in the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, you look across the board at their offensive line. It's, it's first-rounders or all-pros or Super Bowl starters. All five of them were on the Super Bowl 52-winning Eagles team that won the Super Bowl at U.S. Bank Stadium. I mean, it is a group that is battle-tested. They have lots of accolades. They were picked early in the draft, and they know this offense really well. So it's not going to be a situation where the Vikings come in with a bunch of talent and win just because they're more talented. The Vikings are going to have to be sound with their scheme and technique as well as talented. Yeah, and the key is reading your keys. And so with the RPO, I think that's what's tough. A lot of times in the RPO, you're going to see the lineman maybe two yards down the field, which should be a flag, but the refs have allowed it to go. We've seen it in two or three games now where the, the line is the center and the guard are three yards down the field, and he throws it to the tight end still, and there's no flag. So they're going to have to read their keys and understand even if the linemen are releasing, you still want to kind of get by them and, and treat it like a pass, but you also have to stay home in the run. So it's tricky. It's, it's a defense that you, you have to stay home. You have to read your keys, and you have to know if it's pass or run. At the end of the day, 
I think Mike Zimmer is going to have certain guys key in on the pass part of that, which is Barr and Kendricks. Yep. And then the defensive line, just go after yeah. them. We'll, we'll let the linebackers handle the RPO side of it. You go after the quarterback regardless of where the ball is. If it's there, go. If it's a run, you can still get in there. Don't be so worried about the screen game and the other things that come with it. Another thing is Carson Wentz is the type of quarterback that Ron would have liked to play with because he'll hold on to the ball and yeah. wait for you to get open. Oh, yeah. Right? So a big-bodied, slow receiver like Ron, <laughs> exactly. yeah, not always time. quick at the top of his Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, but he'll hold on to it. So, so for the Vikings rushers, it is if you get stymied right away, don't quit and go home. Yep. Keep rushing because Wentz is going to give you a chance to get there. Yeah, quite honestly, I think Carson Wentz with Tyler Johnson probably would have succeeded better than with Ron Johnson, but I guess maybe one day we'll see. Okay, a couple of final things here on Vikings Final Prep. The injury report. Coaches never like talking about injuries, but fans, especially fantasy football players, they like to hear about the injury report. So here it is for the Vikings and the Eagles in advance of Sunday's game at noon. Questionable for the Vikings is Kentrell Brothers. Important to note because he's a core special teams player for the Minnesota Vikings, so we hope that Kentrell will be able to play. Listed as out, though, for the Vikings, a pair of starters. Linebacker Ben Gideon will not play in this game, which would mean more playing time for Brothers if he's able to play, and definitely for Eric Wilson in this game. Also out is right guard Josh Klein. You figure that it'll be Dakota Dozier, who steps in for Klein in the starting lineup. If not him, it'll be rookie Drew Samia. We'll see about that, though, on Sunday. For the Philadelphia Eagles, the list is a little bit longer. Listed as out in the secondary corner, Ronald Darby. Safety, Avante Maddox are all out. And remember, Jalen Mills, a really good corner for them, is also on IR. Also defensively, defensive tackle Tim Jernigan listed as out for the Eagles. Now they still have a ton of talent on the field on that defense, but some banged up members of the Eagles in the secondary, especially on offense. We will not have to worry about checking Deshaun Jackson on Sunday. He will not play in this game, nor will Darren Sproles or Corey Clement, a pair of running backs, which means some more time for Jordan Howard, who has three 100-yard games against the Minnesota Vikings in his last six games. So the Vikings are going to have to find a way to slow down Jordan Howard. And they're going to have to do that on Sunday. Remember, folks, the game is at noon on Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. I bet you you can still find tickets if you want to get into that building and make it louder. The Vikings, including head coach Mike Zimmer, have talked about the importance of crowd noise in this game because of all the checks that the Eagles like to do at the line of scrimmage and the fact that quarterback Carson Wentz likes to operate from the gun quite a bit. So crowd noise could be a factor. Going to be a fun game on Sunday. Reminder, it's at noon Central Time. Do you know where you can hear it? Uh, You can hear it right here on FM 100.3, the fan and the Vikings radio network. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, will have the call at noon. Pete Bursich in the booth. Greg Coleman, Ben Lieber on the sidelines. The pregame show with Muss begins at 10 a.m. Enjoy your Friday night and your Saturday Vikings and the Eagles on Sunday. On behalf of everyone at the Vikings Entertainment Network, this is Wabi signing off for now. Skull Vikings. Vikings.